podcast of Antioch Church in Colorado Springs. If you've been impacted by this ministry and would like to support the work we're doing in Colorado Springs, you can give online at our website, antiochcos.com. We hope that the Lord ministers to you through this message. All right, here's a couple of words that I have this morning. Number one, if you'll just go with me to Matthew chapter 14, verse 21. This is odd sometimes in a very good way, I think, how the Lord will do this. Because for those of you who are not aware, not familiar, I have a couple of ex-senior pastors in the room, ex-staff pastors, and and you guys, we don't just throw things together, man. We we wrestle, we pray, we read, we read, we read, we read, we outline, we organize our talk, we pray over it, we pray over you, we come ready. And then every now and then the Lord will just say, hey, just put that back on the shelf. We're gonna let that sit for a while, but I got something else I want you to deliver today. And, and those, are, those, are, those are holy moments where you're, you're in this space where like you're stepping out of a boat, right? Because you're like, wait, I wasn't prepared for that, Lord. But I think sometimes that there's a prophetic unction where the Lord will just kind of breathe and inspire in the moment. And it's because I think that there were things unique to that hour, or unique to that moment, or unique to that time, unique to that people. Matthew chapter 14. Verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. The boat was buffeted, it was resisted, it was opposed and the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. The show off. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, it's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. So much rich stuff here. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. If it is you, anybody been there before in your life? God, if this is you. Because I think so much of the Christian life is us asking this question, Lord, if it's you. Like, I think this is the life of discipleship. Like we're in this series right now. The series is titled, Follow Me. And it's, deeper dive into what does it mean to be a follower of Christ? And I think so much of what it means to be a follower of Jesus is we're asking this question, God, is this you? Is this you? Is this you? Bid me come. Call to me and I will respond. I'm trying to determine, I'm trying to discern, is, it, is that you that's leading me to start that business? Is, it, is that you that's telling me to hold on and fight for my marriage that's falling apart? God, is it you who's asking me to step out and do something I've never done before that's completely out of my wheelhouse? God, is it you who's asking me to pick up my family and go to another region of this country? God, is this you? I need to know if this is you. Because if it is you, then you will sustain me. If it is you, you will give me heavenly resources for the challenges that are ahead. I need to know if this is you. And look at what Jesus says. It is I. Come on out. Come on out. Step out of that boat. (laughs) Everybody just stretch forth your hands and just say, come on out. (laughs) 
Samantha just put her hands on her baby and she was like, it is the Lord calling you out. He is bidding you come. I'm gonna laugh if he comes out today. In Jesus' name. If it is you, tell me. Tell me, I just need to know. I just need to know. Anybody there right now? Who is there right now? If it is you, tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Guys, just, I'm telling you, stay in that posture until you hear Jesus say, it's me. But just stay, stay in that posture because there's something that is happening in the process of learning to discern whether or not it is God. It's not just what the result is. It's not just what the final word or the final outcome is. There's something that God is doing. He's engineering something in the very process of seeking him. Do you guys know that before Christy and I ever moved to Colorado Springs, we had two job opportunities that arose. And then while we moved here, the first three years of our tenure in Colorado Springs were very challenging. Actually, the first four years. And on a six month basis, I had a pastor that I looked up to, lived in another part of this, this country. And I felt in my heart, man, I'm, I am called to work for that man. Christy and I felt like that. We'd go out and we'd visit several times. And on a six month basis, this pastor, mega, mega, mega church. And that's not why I was attracted to the opportunity. I was just really connected to the heart of this man. Six months for four years. He would call every six months. Hey, ma'am, how's it going? Good, pastor. Well, you feel like it might be time where the Lord's transitioning you? I'm not sure, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast and pray. And every six months for four years, we'd lean in. Is it you, God? Is it you calling us to step out of this boat right now? Is this you? And, I, and sometimes it would be very, very quick. And sometimes it would be weeks long, but he would say, the Lord would say, it's not me. It's not, not, not right now, not right now. Six months later, he called back. And I'll never forget, guys, six months in June of 2009, six months before we said yes to this senior post right here, he called one last time. He said, hey, man, just want to see if this might be a good time for you to come out. He goes, we just built a brand new thousand-seat youth complex. He's like, we want you to come out here. He goes, we're, Jade, we're running eight services a weekend. And I just said, okay, we're going to pray. And the Lord said this, he said, son, I don't wanna talk with you about this anymore. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, if you knew, why in your name would you ask me? Every six months for four years, but there's something in that space God, is this you? Is this you? You're leaning in. You're paying attention. You're opening your eyes. You're looking for God in everything. And he's saying, if you could learn how to live your life like that, with that same level of intensity, with that same level of God, what are you asking me to do? How many opportunities have we missed at a grocery store because we're only asking God, is that you in big decisions? And he's saying, live, live in that space. But that's not even the word that I have for you guys today. Yeah, it is a good word, right? So Peter steps out of the boat and get this, Peter is walking on water. Peter is doing the impossible. Peter is participating in the supernatural. 
He's walking on water. He's defying the laws of gravity. And he's moving towards Jesus. I want you to think about that, you guys. Think about how much faith it would take for you to sit there and look out there and go, okay, it's windy. The waves are coming against us. This joker is walking on water, but he's Jesus. And yet, I don't even know what was inside of Peter to say, if that's you, I wanna, I wanna do this too. I wanna try, call me out. And he steps out and that moment where you step out, you know what I'm talking about. And you're just like, how many of you guys have ever tried that at the pool? Be honest, <laughs> be honest. Where you're all like this, you're all like, I'm gonna try it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna try to, you just fall, right? And I don't know how long it was, but Peter was, he was suspended over liquid, solid mass sitting upon liquid. Physics, you just defied it, right? But then what happens? Let's look at the verse. Look what happens. Verse 30, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. So prior, I think it was still windy. I think he stepped out of the boat. I think wind was blowing the whole time. So what, what changed? Because at some moment he's sitting there and he's looking at Jesus and he's saying, Jesus, this is you. I mean, he's locked in. He's, he has to be. He's dialed in, Jesus, this is you, call me out. Jesus, come on out. And he is fixated on Jesus and he steps out of the boat. And what does the scripture say? When he saw the wind, he took his eyes off Jesus. Anytime you step out of the boat for something that God calls you to do, I'm here to tell you today, there will be winds and there will be waves and there will be opposition and, and, and the environment will change. But the command and the directive of God does not change like the wind. Jesus didn't change his mind. He didn't say, hey, come on out the boat. But if it gets windy, you get back in there as soon as you can because my power can't sustain you when it's windy, Peter. But you gotta get in there quick. And this is what I, I think there's a part of our Christianity and I think a lot of us are here right now. I think there's a part of Christianity. I think there's a part of our Christianity where you've come too far. You've come too far, right? You step out of the boat and there's a moment there. There's a moment where you know that if I take a few more steps, I'm further away from the boat than I am to it. I don't have my safety net anymore. And I think for some of us, some of us are in that space. Some of us are in the boat. Jesus is this you, right? Some of us are right next to the boat and we're still kind of holding on a little bit. But there's some of us that have stepped out and we're further away from the boat than we are to it. And following Jesus now, and following Jesus now for longer, longer than I've not been. Right, in the summer of 1994, fully just all in, God, I'm all in, I'm out of the boat. There comes a point in your life where you say, 
I've put all my chips on the table. This young man right here, we just found out several weeks ago we had a mass that put that was that was that was bleeding on the stem of his brain. And what do you do in that moment? You go, I've I've stepped out of the boat, right? How do I turn my back on you now? I have no other options. You remember when Peter said that to Jesus? Remember in John chapter six? when everybody was deserting Jesus because they were still anchored to the boat, right? They still had a hand on. But, but listen, listen, Peter and James and John and Thaddeus and Bartholomew and Philip and all those guys, they sold everything. They left families. They left family businesses. They pushed their chips into the middle of the table. They said, we have nothing else to go to. There is no plan B for this. Jesus, you are plan A and there is no other plan. And here's the word, here's, here's just the word, I think, for some of us in this room. That the, the level of faith that is required to step out of the boat is not the same kind or level or degree or quality or measure, whatever you want to call it, but it's not the same faith that will sustain you when you step out of the boat. Is that making sense? Is that making sense, okay? It's one thing to start a venture, right? But when you get six months in or nine months in, or when you realize everybody who started the church plant with you is not with you anymore? Do you realize statistically that people who start church plants at the team that's with you will not be the team? 90%, if not more, will not be the team that's with you when you end this journey. That's staggering. And it's staggering because we're people that like to give all of our hearts to the people that we run with. It's just, I mean, it's just statistics. And it doesn't mean that they're wrong or they're bad or that we're wrong or we're bad. It's just, it's just kind of part of, it's just part of it because there are, some, there are some people that are called to start a venture with you. And there are some people that are called to sustain a venture with you. And there are some people that are called to end a venture with you. And there are some people that are called to be a part of all those seasons. But listen, it's a different kind of faith at year 10 in your marriage than it is in month 10. How many of you guys have been married longer than 10 years? Let me just see your hands. How many of you guys have been married longer than 20 years, 20 years plus? Let me just ask you this, all right? Did you hit benchmarks in your marriage? I might have been year five, year seven, year 10. For us, it was year 10 into year 15. And we were like, wait a minute. What is this? because it's a different kind of faith. It is a different exercise of faith. It requires a different level of commitment. When you, the further you get away from the boat, it is a different level of commitment because now I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, hey, yo, John, I'm about to step out here. Can you swim well? No, okay, how about you, Phil? Can you swim well? Because I'm, I'm, you need to come get me. You know what I'm saying? And some of you guys are in that space where you're like, God, I had faith for the beginning of this. But here's the word for you. Look at this, Jesus. I love Jesus. Verse 30, he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to say, anybody afraid? Just be honest. Come on. Anybody afraid? You're like, wait a minute, I'm, tr I'm trying big things for you. And I've stepped out of my safety net. And what if this fails? What about my name? What about my reputation? What if this fails? What if this fails? 
what if this fails? Does that mean I'm a failure? Does that mean you're not real? Does that mean you're not coming through? Does that mean that all of this was a waste of time? All of the sleepless nights, what if this fails? Anybody there? That's scary, guys. We're talking about follow me. God doesn't call us into predictable spaces. He doesn't call us into safety. God does not call you into a safe life. He calls you into the unpredictability of walking on water into walking with him. He calls you into that. And let me just tell you right now, it's okay if you're afraid. God doesn't, God doesn't expect us to be superheroes. I'm so sick of superhero faith. He calls us to utterly throw ourselves on him in abandon, in holy fear and in trust and say, God, if you don't come through, I don't know what's gonna happen here. I need you, I need you. You are my only hope. You are my only solution. You are my only solution. Look at, look at verse 31. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. Immediately. And I know some of us look at this and think this is a rebuke. Oh, you have little faith. I don't think that's a rebuke. I think everything that God does, he's engineering training ops for us. He is engineering opportunities for him like a loving father to train us like taking off training wheels, like taking off training wheels. You know, let me, listen, listen, guys, you have to hear this. When you are at the end of one season, you know that you are at the end of one season coming unto another season because there are certain things that get a little too easy, right? Like when you first started riding a bike, it's like, I got these training wheels on and you start getting a little careless. I don't need a helmet, I got these training wheels on. Right, and you start trying to do tricks on your bike because you've got training wheels on. It gets, it's too easy now. You've lost a little bit of that sense of danger, right? Some of us have lost that sense of danger in Christianity. If you are bored with Christianity, let me just tell you right now, you're at the end of a season. It's time to take some training wheels off. It's time to step out of a boat because there should be elements or seasons in our Christian life where we are scared out of our mind. Right? I mean, think about, think about every story in the scriptures that we celebrate. Can you imagine going up against one of the greatest fortified cities on the planet at that time with no weapons walking around like with a horn? No shield, are you kidding me? I mean, doesn't you pick your story. There, there are moments in our Christian faith if we choose to follow him where, where we are absolutely defenseless and we say, God, I, I don't know what to do here. I'm scared. I am scared out of my mind. And look at this, immediately he reaches down and he, and he pulls him up. And when they climbed, this is the part that perplexes me. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died. Seriously? Seriously? You mean that you're just gonna throw up a little, du you know, a little dust devil when I step out of the boat? And then I get back in the boat and everything's just nice and serene and calm. He said, yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Of course, 
what? Did you think I was supposed to make this easy for you? Did you think training is supposed to be simple? Yeah, that training op is over. We can get back into the boat and another one will come. It's okay. So here at, at some point, I wanna pray for those of you guys who are at any part of that journey. All right? All right, let's go to another passage, shall we? Oh, y'all thought that was it. Let's go to Matthew chapter nine. Let's look at Matthew chapter nine, verse 14. By the way, if y'all want a little preview, Matthew chapter nine, verses nine through 13 is what we were gonna preach on today. Y'all can just soak in that for a few weeks because it's gonna be good when we get there. Verse 14, then John's disciples came and they asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? It's party time, baby. The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken and then y'all can fast. But no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, makes sense. For the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins so that the wineskins can expand as the new wine expands. Now, Jesus is speaking here of Israel, but there is a direct correlation to the way that we live our Christian life. Let me just be very, this is very, very simple, guys. Some of us are wanting and expecting and desiring new wine, new revelation, new territory in God, and yet, we want to hold on to old wineskins, old belief systems, old ways of thinking, old habits, old patterns. I'm just here to tell you right now, you are not gonna go into new territory with God with your old prayer life. You're just not. It's not possible. God's not gonna do that to you. Are you hearing me? And there is a new wine that we need. There is, there is a new, fresh reality of God's working in our life that we need. And there is this dynamic in God as the people of God where we hold in both hands, we hold the old and we hold the new and we hold them together. The old anchors us to God's character and his revelation but the new pulls that old into what is for now right it contextualizes it for now it makes the old relevant for now but in order to get new revelation from God we have to be new wineskins in our mindsets in our mind in the way we think in the way we think I mean, some of us are in this room and we've heard things about gifts. We've heard things about Holy Spirit. We've heard things about women in ministry. We've heard things about the church and we've, heard, we've been steeped in that. It's our wineskin. It's our wineskin. And yet we wanna go into new territory with God and yet we're holding on to old wineskins that are just frankly, they're, they're outdated. 
they, they, some of those old wineskins need to be tossed out, guys. I'm, t- I'm here to tell you, all right? Old wineskins like the moves of the Holy Spirit ended with the apostles, really? Are you kidding me? Yeah, why? Why? Like even logically, why? I don't wanna serve that God. I don't wanna serve a history book God. I wanna serve a God that is right here in the middle of the fray of our life that is saying, come out of the boat, come out of the boat. I'm gonna hold you, I'm gonna sustain you, I'm gonna equip you, I'm gonna empower you, I'm gonna anoint you. There's new territory for you to take. No, you cannot teach that classroom of kids by yourself. You need me, I'm calling you, I'm inviting you, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you gifts to help you with that. That's the kind of God I need. I need that kind of God, right? And so some of us, our prayer today is, God, I need a new wineskin. I need a new wineskin, God. Give me a new wineskin of belief. Give me a new wineskin of faith. Give me a new wineskin of thinking. I repent. I repent. Guys, I'm telling you, and I think I shared it a few weeks ago when we went through our little 10-year anniversary deal, but I mean, I'm telling you, in God, in Christ, if you follow Jesus faithfully, can I just say this to you? If you are serious about following Jesus, you will go through regular cycles where things you have believed your entire life will get confronted and you realize I was wrong. It's necessary, guys. It is necessary where you go, my God, help me, change me. Give me a new wineskin. Give me a new wineskin. I I need a heavenly language. Give me a new wineskin, God. All right, here's here's just the last one in John chapter seven. This is the one that started all these shenanigans this morning. Aaron, you're so awesome. Thank you for playing for us. I need an organist. (laughs) Y'all never seen organist, Pastor Jade. Y'all never seen that. (laughs) I'm sure you can. Y'all know that this girl, this girl was, God rooted this girl in an African-American church for seven years in Mississippi. Y'all don't, y'all don't even know what's in some of these people here. Um, John chapter seven, let's look at verse 47. On the last and greatest day of the festival, thank you, Dusty, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, love this. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. God, I'm thirsty today. I am thirsty, I am thirsty, God. I am thirsty, I am thirsty, I am thirsty. I am thirsty for you, God. I am thirsty for you. I am thirsty, I am thirsty, God. I need you, God, I am thirsty. I need more, Jesus, I am thirsty. There is, there is an appetite inside of me that is not being satisfied with Facebook, God. I'm thirsty. I am thirsty, God. There is something that is not being quenched, God, with the normal routine of life. I'm thirsty. Oh, God, I pray that you would increase my thirst. Anyone who is thirsty, come to me. You know why a lot of us aren't experiencing new dynamics and new dimensions of God? He's not thirsty. He's not thirsty. 
I mean, it's just right there. If you're thirsty, come. I will give you drink. But then watch this. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow. Will you just stand with me to repeat this morning? Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers, rivers, rivers of living water will flow from within. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I'm just gonna invite our altar ministry team to come on down here this morning. Just come on straight on down. And today was a little unorthodox and I blasted you guys with a lot of things. But listen, this John chapter seven passage is this. I want somebody to lay hands on me. I'm gonna come right down here and I'm gonna say, I need rivers of living water. I need rivers of living water. I want rivers of living water. How many of you right now, you would say, my rivers have become stagnant. Come on, just be honest, throw your hands up. Come on, look at this. Guys, I want my river to be running. I want the river in Antioch to be running. I want the river in Antioch to run. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Now, can we just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit of the living God, would you today, would you cause your rivers of life to flow within me? Let's just come on, let's turn this into an altar right now. And if you need help, if you want someone to pray, wherever you are in that boat analogy, if you want someone to pray, come on up here. If you want someone to lay hands on you and to help pray you through into the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come on up here. If you want someone to just agree with you, come on up here. We're gonna pray today, guys. We're gonna pray, oh God, today, we're asking that your spirit would move. We sang it, we sang it, we sang it, come move, but God, we're asking you right now, we must have your rivers of living water move. We must have your rivers move in our marriage. It's dead, the marriage is dead. I need the rivers of God to flow in my marriage in my children, in my workspace, in my leadership, in my life with you, in my spiritual vitality. Oh God, can we just together as a family, Holy Spirit of God, would you let your rivers flow today on us? Thank you for listening to the Antioch Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about us, visit AntiochCOS.com.